0: It is September 17th, 2021. We're here already. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. And I'm Alfred Kanawa, joined by Glenn Rubenstein and NYC Demon Diva Issa. Tonight, to talk about SmackDown on Fox and to talk about AEW Rampage. Now, quick programming note. This is my last podcast for the next two weeks or so because I'm in move mode. And uh, originally I was going to do next Who week. Who
1: authorized this? Who authorized well, this? I'm, I'm looking around behind
0: me. List. If if I were to take down the screen, you would see boxes. And I cannot pack up my office until I'm done podcast. So I need to be able to pack up my office because I need to be able to store stuff in here just to get it out of the way. I'm in crunch. I'm I'm going through... Uh, things that I haven't opened in 20 years Boxes And I don't know if you guys find this Every time you go through storage Remember when sitcoms used to have the clip show The flashback episode Like oh hey remember that time you bought roller skates And then they tell the story they do, 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 do Like that's what it's like every time I go through a box I have a little memory attached to it I think about it for a moment Then I move it into another box and I move on
2: All right. Uh, I well... love the fact that you're celebrating your last day with us For two weeks by being Alfred Kunwa You get to be king for a day And it's I told Big nasty. Big nasty. <laughs>
0: this bothers Alfred so much. By uh, no. this is this is just gnawing that. at him.
2: I think you never look. I'd like to say you never look better, uh, but we, you know maybe one or two what? times you look better. But this is top three Alfred Cuddles looks uh, right
0: here. Absolutely iconic. Uh, so we're gonna get into the wrestling shows and uh, talk about that. Um, sorry, apparently I have my wife's box cutter and i don't know where i put it so i'm gonna be in trouble lately she's like why didn't you return my box cutter and i'm like oh your box cutter is Uh, hopefully i brought it back from storage um figure that one out so uh let's hop into the news and then we'll talk about the wrestling hop into the news boy do we ever have news world war
2: what to call it is hit uh the heads are rolling we have our first casualty of the Dark Side of the Ring documentary on the plane ride from hell, which if you didn't see it, it is, uh I really uh, did enjoy in terms of, from a, a content standpoint, in terms of how it was put together. Uh, it was a very informing, eye-opening documentary, very poignant. Uh, and uh, Tommy Dreamer has been suspended indefinitely by Impact Wrestling for comments he made. Uh, just as kind of a recap, Dark Side of the Ring had a, Plane Ride from Hell documentary. Um, it was uh, very kind of dark, as you would imagine, but really went into com- specific incidents and centered around Ric Flair's action on the Plane Ride from Hell in 2002 when he allegedly cornered a stewardess. Um, Tony Dreamer was very cavalier about it. He really took Ric Flair's side and seemed to do a little victim blaming in his account of what happened. And he has since been punished by Impact Wrestling. He is suspended indefinitely. Ric Flair has also, uh, in the course of uh, some punishments, as he... Has been pulled from Car Shield commercials that you see when you're watching wrestling every week. Um, they have paused that ad campaign. Uh, it is not likely he will be appearing on AEW. Uh, so uh, a lot of, of fallout from this episode, which is the lowest rated episode they've ever done. But I really, really do recommend, yes, it was. I really do recommend that people go out there and watch it to uh, get another perspective. Because yeah. I will say that when I heard we as wrestling fans, it's a little Stockholm syndrome uh, when I watched this because we have kind of like a loving memory of the plane ride from hell. Before this episode, even when the trailer came out, I tweeted out like, let's go. I can't wait to hear this story because we talk about, oh, it was this crazy plane ride. They were doing drugs, it was a party. But when you really hear this story and have to see that uh, a stewardess recount what happened allegedly to her, it's very heartbreaking. Uh, it's very poignant. And um, uh, it's really an eye-opening documentary. So, Issa, um, I'll start with you with your thoughts of the plane ride from hell and the fallout since then.
1: Oh, my God. So I was—I usually let a couple of the Dark Side of the Rings tape on my DVR and sit down and binge watch it, you know, on a day that we don't have wrestling. And just looking into my timeline last night, I'm like, okay, I got to jump on this episode, like, right now. This is going crazy. Um, I had heard a couple of things about this plane right from hell. And if you guys, like, really look into it and look into the lawsuit that was filed from the um, flight attendants to WWE, obviously, if you watch the show, you know they didn't go through all the way with the lawsuit. There was even worse things that were not talked about in this documentary, that being said, it was having the flight attendant there and hearing that perspective because for so long we have heard it so many different ways, and it gets a shock a lot of people. Like what you were saying, Glenn, you were just saying, you know, we laugh about it because we think about it in such a, oh my God, the plane right from hell. That had to be a hell of a night. Um, but it, it it was very traumatizing for some of the people that were involved and just hearing. The 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 condition that some of these men were in, and to me, the most shocking part is that Vince McMahon was sitting in first class, allowing all of this to happen and not even caring. Like, listen, it's a it's a must watch episode. As far as Tony Tommy Dreamer goes, I think he came off the worst because that attitude of boys will be boys. Maybe twenty years ago, you know, you could get away with that, but defending it today, that's not gonna fly.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And, and I don't know, I mean, I guess we experienced some of this, right? I mean, I remember growing up and there were things that were thought of as um, just a different context, right? That people would look back on and be like, oh, hey, you know, it only took 30 years. It wasn't okay at the time, but now we all recognize that it wasn't okay. And um, it's crazy to me, uh, Glenn, uh, to your point, that uh, we did always have this talked about is like, Oh, this batshit crazy play and ride. And it was like, no, this was really messed up. Um, these actions that took place. And I think it's good. It's coming to light. It's good that it's being discussed. And, uh, you know, I think it's part of just this ongoing reckoning uh, people have with recognizing um, years of bad behavior and a lot of things that were very much excused as humor. And it's, it's not just uh, specific, limited to wrestling. I mean, this has been across. I mean, think about, um, you know, the, I mean, people were talking about this today, like how we glamorized this rock star lifestyle. For the better right. part of the last 50 years. And it's like there, there were there were victims of that behavior and it was just sort of chalked up as like, well, that's that's the life. And it's like, no. So it's, I think it's good that this is being put in context and people are talking about it and really having to uh, take it seriously and not just as a boys will be boys attitude.
2: And this is, speaks to a systemic problem within professional wrestling. Wrestling is a very dark business. Dark Side of the Ring can have a shelf life for the end of time in terms of all the stories to be told. Uh, and it's not just of that era. We're a year removed from the Speaking Out movement, which is one of the yeah. darkest stories I've ever had to cover in terms of all the things that came out in terms of modern-day wrestlers and what they were doing or allegedly doing within the past couple of years and whatnot, all the stories that we saw on that front. So uh, this is something that really speaks to a, a business that needs to be cleaned up that is still in the process of being cleaned up and there's a lot of skeletons in the pro wrestling closet that but uh, do you, come out of life.
1: Do you have a fear that now this show is going to get like blackball because of all the things that is coming up and now it's affecting some of the performers and maybe people might not be willing to speak with them anymore or give them any kind of information just because they might be digging too hard because I feel like there's still that mentality of oh we got to protect our own, Right. So now that the show's coming out with these kind of things, doesn't that make you worry for the show getting, you know, kind of like a bad reputation within the we wrestlers see,
2: themselves? Yeah, well, that's a good point, so We did see some of that in this episode. There were yeah. a lot yeah. of accounts where they were talking about somebody, and whether it was Brock Lesnar, Ric Flair, they had to constantly put on there. They were not uh, reachable for comment. They refused to comment. And there's a lot of people who just wanted nothing to do with this. X-Pac wasn't part of this documentary. They used an audio. So they're always going to be able to get around that. But I do... Don't think that's going to be something that's going to hinder Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, it just kind of depends on what the backlash is. If the backlash gets so bad that where WWE is now having to apologize and, and, and do community service or, or change the way they do it, I think WWE might work to kill the show. But I think if that was in the cards, WWE would have worked to kill this show a a long time ago. I think the fact that it's existed for three seasons means that Dark Side of the Ring has a lot of stories to tell. And some of these wrestlers just can't help themselves. Wrestlers, you you know, you Uh, sit down and ask them about to tell stories. They're just going to do it, you know? So uh, I think there's going to be a shelf life for this show.
0: And I think that's part of it, too. And the Tommy Dreamer thing kind of speaks to that, right? It's like to lack the clarity and recognition now regardless of your actions then, and to like show no evolution as a person, not that you're making excuses for past behavior, but to show no evolution or context for the present. I mean, that's what just really came across as tone deaf.
2: I will say, uh, I don't think that Tommy Dreamer is not an empathetic person. I just think this is Tommy Dreamer prioritizing the business of wrestling, that old school mentality, Alfred, that you were just talking about in terms of Mm. protecting the business. And he was prioritizing that mentality because he's so used to doing it. He's been in the business for so long. He's been at every level Mm. of this business. He's using that mentality. And I do think that now he's going to realize the error of his ways. I fully expect if and when he returns to the public eye, he's going to have thought this through and have an apology ready or whatever he needs to do to hopefully get another perspective on something like this. But um in terms of it, people, I think some of these wrestlers might be scared now in terms of going and coming forward and just using the perspective because of stuff like this. in terms Yeah. To your point, Isa.
1: I love that you mentioned the perspective because I even tweeted out a clip from when Brock Lesnar was doing his press tour for UFC 200. He was interviewed and asked about this. And Brock himself talks about how he doesn't remember two years of his entire career because he was so high on Vicodin and vodka. So you also have to look at it at the perspective that some of these men understood, you know, that it was wrong and, and got out of it and, and did the smart thing that they needed to do, you know. So it, it, a lot of it, you know, Kurt Henning, for example, I know they got Brock says they got into a scuffle. <laughs> it didn't sound like it last night, yeah. right? But, you know, he ended up passing away so soon after everything, you know, so of an overdose. So you also had to realize that these guys were, like, literally completely messed up throughout an entire era of wrestling that a sure. lot of people love and hold so near. But your heroes, they, they might have not been the greatest of people back
0: then. No, I exactly feel like that. at a bare mm-hmm. minimum, there should be, like, a Beastie Boys defense that people should put where they say this is who I was this is what I perpetuated the time I recognize that I mean like that's the bare minimum I feel like as a human yeah. that should be uh the baseline for how you contextualize these things and I just think that yeah we did, we didn't see a lot of that last night
1: right yeah and that's something that Brock talked about where he was like if I that that's how I realized this full time this Full time wasn't for me, and that's why he would only perform part time mm. because that's how he fell into a deep hole of addiction. So, I mean, some people learn from it, and I feel like it's just a matter of taking it on a case by case basis and seeing where are these people at today. Because there's some people that, you know, for example, when the Ric Flair thing happened, I'm like, well, I don't think that's the first time, and I don't think it's stopped happening. And it, you know what I mean? There's some people that you were just not shocked to hear that was their behavior. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Definitely. And, um, you know, I hope everybody uh, involved learns from this. And, you know, at the risk of getting heat, Tommy is one of the good guys in professional wrestling. He's had a very, very bad moment. Watching him was very uncomfortable in this. I do not stand by a lot of what he said, but he's one of the good people in pro wrestling who I think is going to learn from this. And I'm not jumping the pile on to Tommy Dreamer. I just hope he sure. That's always the case with people well, who get themselves in this situation.
0: Even part of it, if I, you know, he knew he was going into an interview about this. Like... He could have chosen his words, and again, at the bare minimum, he could have prepared a way to frame this in a way that wouldn't have had the reaction to it. But it was just crazy, like watching it, uh, you know, and, and you really feel for um, the women affected and the one woman that was telling her story. And for me, it was just I, th- I mean, to go from that moment to Tommy's sort of dismissive ad that I, th- I mean, for me, it was just like, you know, F this guy. Looks
2: like we got some uh, super chats there. Yeah, right? uh, we Off do.
0: Stellar Justin Lopez, two dollars buck ninety nine. Guess Andrade is going to have to hire Chavo back.
2: I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, who knows? it will be very interesting to see if this blows up. Listen, Ric Flair is a made man. That was one of the more kind of chilling oh, things that, that was made, That admission by Jim Ross that Ric Flair is a made man. That. It will apply forever. I mean, Ric Flair might be able to Ric Flair his way out of this. And one of the reasons we looked at and this is a, a just a dark admission. One of the reasons we looked at this so quote unquote lovingly with Ric Flair, one of the reasons I think he got, you know, a free pass here, not only the main man thing, but because what I heard for years is, oh, he's nature. He's nature. That's what he does. That's what we expect from Ric Flair. Let me see him and jet flying. So you really don't look at it as this really disgusting, pervy thing. You look at it as a guy doing his character, which is, you know, we all realize how wrong that was.
0: I mean, not to really go into this, but if you want to see like the most extreme example of this, I mean, look at Ron Jeremy and what's happening right now. And I I admittedly in someone, I mean, we've told stories on this podcast, look at Sublime's love of him, look at how media, and it was like, he's this creepy, pervy guy. And it was like, well, yeah, all of that wasn't feel good. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't know. It's very, it's, it's, I think it's very interesting how people compartmentalize. Things, yeah. Is the, the
1: ESPN 3430, I just saw someone mentioning in the chat that Ric Flair 3430 was very, very telling,
0: yeah. And didn't WWE on their animated show like, oh, yeah, made they light made light of this
2: <laughs> With cartoon, They made like, light of it. I gotta go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. just knowing how, yeah, looking at it in a cartoon. Like, can you imagine like Bill Cosby in a cartoon and then Cosby went in my hotel room? <laughs> I mean, I have
0: to admit, as someone who spends a lot of time watching 80s commercial vault on uh on uh on youtube like every bill cosby commercial is just now in retrospect very
2: right <laughs> I'm sure I, a way you can put that with the jello pudding yeah
0: <laughs> every, everything he very much wants you to ingest things in every commercial something he's selling even picture pages I, he had an agenda. <laughs> um, okay, Stellar just two point oh four ninety nine RVD's quote circle with me. Wrestlers, the freaks don't meet your heroes. I mean, but musicians, actors, like biz, You know, I was just thinking about this. We're talking about this, like Wolf of Wall Street, great example. Like a lot of that was painted as like, oh, good, good-hearted times with drugs and sex. You know, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of effed up people in the world uh, that behave very badly. Uh, not all of it's Especially criminal. Especially
2: when they get money and fame. Yeah. I think that's the common denominator to a lot of this, is when you get money and fame and alcohol, you become a, a souped-up version of maybe the worst parts of what you are. Right,
1: yeah. right. Again, to quote that Brock Lesnar interview that I was talking about earlier, he says, you get you get rich, you get famous, you're 24 years old, yes. you're dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Jody Sean Jenkins, Canadian $5, saying, I agree with Alfred Reed Tommy." I think that's Glenn, you mean. Uh, don't fall Glenn. into the trap yeah. reading more into his comments. Listen to what he did say, not what he didn't say. I'm yeah. surprised. I mean, like, I don't, has he released a statement yet?
2: Oh, no, no, no. We haven't. Um, not that I know of. Maybe something yeah. will happen while we're on the show, but I think it'll be a while before. I know he has denied this, and they did mention that on the documentary that he has denied these claims, um, but we'll see how this shakes out. Um. Yeah. Some AEW news on a little brighter note. In terms of AEW, the AEW Dynamite ratings have come out, ladies and gentlemen. One point one seven five million for AEW Dynamite. What's important? What everybody wants—the T, uh, AEW Dynamite, in eighteen to forty-nine, five hundred and seventy-four thousand viewers. That makes it the second week in a row it beat Raw in eighteen to forty-nine. Raw did five hundred and fifty-six thousand viewers. Um, big picture here: both shows were down. Uh, both shows were down double digits. Of course, Raw went head-to-head with Monday Night Football. Uh, but this is the second week in a row that uh, AEW has beaten Ron in 18-49, and we are now staring at a situation where next week, AEW's biggest show ever in front of its yeah. biggest crowd, NYC, it's going to be in Arthur Ashe Stadium, and it very well likely, with WWE going head-to-head against the Green Bay Packers, God's team, and by God, I mean me, uh, God's team is going to be on TV next week, and WWE's going head-to-head with the Green Bay Packers, so it's very likely... That WWE loses to AEW for the third week in a row. What do you think about these developments? And uh, what do you think about uh, AEW? Do you think it goes 0 for 3 in the past three weeks against AEW, Alfred?
0: Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's very interesting that they're going to do four hours of programming next week. I think, you know, Wednesday will probably do very, very well. Um, Next week is going to be a bit of a test of audience, right? To see... I mean, I want them to succeed, but at the same time, you guys have to be having the same thought, right? Which is like Friday can't do too well because I'm not watching four hours of wrestling on Fridays going forward.
1: Yeah, but the Friday being pre taped at ten oh, PM true. at night is hurting. Yeah. hurting It's hurting it because gross. like a lot of people just already know what's gonna happen, what matches you're gonna see. Yeah. Um I, I still think Wednesday is their focus and Fridays they're just testing it out right now, you know. But mm. just to add that in there, I think that the when they, well, no, because some of the rampage that were live also didn't do well. So maybe it is the time spot.
0: Yeah. We'll
1: see. I'm excited to see what they do next week. I am. I think that the show is stacked. They're doing a good job at hyping it up and putting the car for, to live up to the expectation. Um, But raw, I, I thought raw was going to at least lose 10% of their audience just because of Monday night football, which is why I questioned the cash in. not mad about it. I'm excited that it happened, but I question why do it on this particular Monday when you know your audience is going to drop. So let's mm-hmm. see how they do next week. But raw has, Raw has some work to do because I think I think AEW might have their best week next week.
2: And I question it too, Issa, because not only Monday Night Football, but it was week one of Monday Night Football, which year after yeah. year just destroys Raw and viewership head-to-head. Head. It was also very, very good. Not that they could have anticipated this, but it was an excellent game between the Ravens and the Raiders in terms of entertainment standpoint where it was went into overtime. So this thing was definitely, in terms of having the biggie cash and made you think, like, what would they have done if they didn't have all this stuff on Raw? This might have been the lowest I number. I still think... Ever.
1: Yeah, I still think, and it might be me and my conspiracies, that this is a USA Network wanting them to sure. live up to what they're giving Fox, and not anything to do with ratings. Just the networks wanted to be treated equally as far as you know, action. Just because that SmackDown was so stacked last week.
0: Yeah, Antoine Fair, zero to three, Raw, one point six and eighteen forty nine doesn't declare you the winner. <laughs> And let's be
2: clear about what's going on here. Like, it's great that AEW is competitive with WWE, but this is a product of the wrestling audience shrinking. This is WWE's yeah. audience getting so small that AEW now has a fighting chance. This is very similar to the dynamic of Raw losing these ratings of how the money in the bank contract was cashed in to where Bobby Lashley's hopping around on one leg and Big E is able to take advantage of it. WWE is Bobby Lashley hopping around on one leg going up against the NFL and Big E is the AEW able to cash in on that. So that's what's happening. This is not the Monday night war. This is a Monday night. Oh yeah. I talked
0: about this last Friday uh, when both of you were out with uh, TK uh, who was subbing and we were talking about, um, it's like now you could have the number one selling album in the country. If you sell like 10,000 records, digital right. and physical. It used to 10,000 records in a week used to not even get you in the top 200 20 years ago album sales wise, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, so You could
1: strange. be a top star and, and, and nobody knows who you are because of oh, the yeah. way that this digital programming moves things around. Like it's crazy. it's crazy. The way that we consume content today is very weird to grasp what's going on. But I do remember covering wrestling just a few years ago when we thought Raw dropping to 3 million was a huge drop. And to see where it's at right now oh, yeah. is insane to me.
0: Well, I'll tell you, uh, Antoine, thank you for complimenting Glenn on his tan um, with your super chat. (laughs) But let's talk about bright news, which is, you know, Tuesday night on this very podcast, we had the biggest live audience we've ever had for NXT coverage. And that's because the greatest new superstar in (laughs) WWE, Tony D'Angelo. debuted on tuesday his vignette is coming soon and we got to talk about this brighter news as jenna ness is pointing out i feel like i prompted this tonight because i retweeted him under a shoot name uh jenna ness 499 saying in brighter news tony d'angelo has over 40k views on youtube and he just changed his name on twitter so now you can go and follow tony d uh who i th- believe what's it up to now he said what's what's the tony d'angelo follower count
1: 40 it was 40 when it, before okay, we it was on 40 here. earlier 40 well followers. i retweeted
0: he's at 56 now so go, uh wow everybody we Gross. on this podcast uh we stand tony d'angelo and yes. um everybody go to twitter Babe. give him a follow I
2: ran tony the d'angelo wwe <laughs> yes I ran the analytics, and uh, they came back on Tuesday. 102% of our viewership was because of Tony D'Angelo. That is a fact. 1,000%. So. 102%. I, I, didn't know was possible. I
1: ran the Emoji Analytics, and that equals to the 100 emoji. <laughs>
0: Let's let's get him up to a 100 <laughs> followers by the end of this podcast. Let's uh, Please, please
1: guys, go life. follow Tony D'Angelo on Twitter. Future WWE D'Angelo. champion Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, And his, his uh that were his biggest
0: stands. His uh his um background did come to light, so uh Joey Ariola, uh right. and T uh NCAA collegiate wrestler. I mean, this guy's got some serious athleticism. Go check out his videos online. Um yeah, I think he's definitely going to be able to go in the ring and we'll see uh We'll see where this goes. I'm going to miss two weeks of Tony D'Angelo talk.
2: I don't know how you're going to be able wow. to. Wow! Do
0: please oh, don't let him. Yeah. Be- uh, powers the be in NXT. Please do not debut him till I am back in October on this podcast. Oh man,
2: he'll be. WB yeah, but
0: if they only play
1: night. video. If they only show video packages, you might miss more than the debut. I
2: oh, I'm going to watch. it. going to be on social
0: media. I'm going to be watching <laughs> those. I mean, yeah, like we're definitely going to be paying attention to that. Okay, we got uh, we got like two more new quick news stories. Let's get yeah. Let's
2: just do those. one more. There was one about Andrew okay. Yang. We could maybe do that at, at another time. But let's. um There's a story that came out the rest of the Wrestling Observer newsletter about AEW's estimated quote-unquote market value where a Stanford sports business professor, according to Dave Meltzer, has reportedly put a market value of $400 million on AEW. Now, uh, somebody who writes for Forbes, this is not something that uh, is concrete. This is not sourced. There's no nuts. There's no bolts. This came up earlier this morning. It's terms of us pursuing this. This is Dave Meltzer having a conversation with a guy he knows. Oh, yeah. And this Dave Meltzer going out of his way to create a positive narrative for AEW, which he's in, fantastic at doing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if AEW is worth in the neighborhood, you know, given their TV deal, given the fact that they're signing all these wrestlers and they are showing growth. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that neighborhood. But the stories about AEW's is worth, take for now. It's along the same lines as, hey, I talked to my son and he doesn't know who Bad Buddy is, so take it with that great of salt, but it, it appears that AEW, estimated from a professor in Stanford, around $400 million. What would you guys uh, value AEW? I'm, I'm not
0: paying a penny more than
2: 350 I mean... <laughs>
0: million or $3.50? Oh, million, million. I mean, million. you know, I, I like a bargain. But I think this is kind of like getting a zestimate on your house, like... This is, you know, I mean, this, you're not going to get, this is not the hard money offer you're going to walk away from.
2: Dave Zillow Meltzer. Yes. Hey, get it how uh, you live, but not, Yeah, go ahead, Edisa.
1: No, I was just going to ask you, since you are a Forbes expert, how much do you think Tony DeAngelo is worth?
2: Alfred Cunewa is know. the like, expert here, but <laughs> Tony D'Angelo, we actually tried in our morning meeting to put a valuation on Tony D'Angelo and it completely right. broke all of our scales. There's no number high enough to value Tony D'Angelo. I've never seen this problem before. Because I mean, like, the sanitation business
1: is highly profitable. Sanitation construction.
0: I mean, the legitimate <laughs> business side of it is one thing, but, you know, they're moving money for the Vatican. I mean, they got connections. Oh, yeah. It's It's a whole thing, you know? <laughs> i only say that because i watched godfather 3 again recently and man if you ever wanted a convoluted plot involving the vatican godfather 3 is your movie um so uh that's your news
2: excuse me if i seem a little distracted Uh, a very special episode of big brother is airing tonight Big Brother features a the cookout. They're the first all-black alliance. Yo, is lineup. that
1: not epic? So, oh my
2: cookout. god! It's a great show. I love it. Uh, Glenn, on day one of Big Brother, uh, six black people in the house. Most black people they've what? ever had. Got together on day one, they said, let's stick together, and they Harriet Tubman their way through this game. And now it's down to the final four. We're gonna get our first black winner of Big Brother. And here's my ratings prediction for tonight. I predict that Black Big Brother beats both AEW and SmackDown combined. That's my agree. I
1: agree. I'm a little sad that Tiffany left though. I like oh. Tiffany was the brains behind the operation yeah. and they sent her out first.
2: Like what? <laughs> She shouldn't have won that head. I know what she was doing, but she I know. should have at least cleared I know. it with them. Because I thought it was going to be her and X in the in the finals, but you know we'll get it. Me
0: too. It. Me too. We can yeah, have Glenn, a whole show talking you, about Big Brother. You always <laughs> go off on these tangents, Glenn, and don't want to talk about wrestling. It's like <laughs> it's like it's not your priority. <laughs> <laughs> It was Uh,
1: exciting. Um, it was exciting, Glenn. I saw when they, when they accomplished what they came in because a couple of times they were going to turn on each other. I was like, this is historic and this is awesome. And I wanted to have a shot and celebrate it.
2: Two times I've ever almost cried watching, three times I've ever almost cried watching TV. When Brett Favre had that great 399-yard game after his dad died, when I was watching Inside Out and uh, the the guy, you know, something happened where, I don't want to spoil it, but something happened in Inside Out where the guy flies off the motorcycle and disappears. I almost cried. And then when the cookout made the final six, it was very emotional. I did not cry, okay? but It was emotional. Yeah, it was a very great moment.
0: Yeah. I cried everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, can, I can go on Wikipedia and read the synopsis of a movie and I'm in tears. Did the you cry during it.
2: the Tony D'Angelo promo? Be honest. Uh,
0: tears of joy. No. Tears of disbelief. <laughs> Your hero I, is finally here. I think sometimes I laugh so hard that, that <laughs> I end up crying. Like I have a very sympathetic, uh, uh, oh, what's the word for it? Sympathetic, uh, you know, whatever that gland is. The tear, tear ducks. I have sympathetic the tear, tear ducks you know
2: that's, I think.
0: that's a good thing I wish it I'd is. oh it's but you know if i think if i think enough i can uh music also does it quite a bit uh antoine ferris saying geez glenn stay on topic <laughs> <laughs> okay what do we want to cover first tonight do we want to knock out rampage which one which one's going to go faster tonight which one I think we
2: should. i mean rampage will definitely go faster what do you think? I'll leave it up to you, Alfred. You get the choice. It's, it's your last. Let's do game. Rampage
0: tonight. We normally do SmackDown. Let's do Rampage and talk about the opening with the AEW World Tag Team Championships, the Lucha Brothers versus the Butcher and the Blade. Um championship match. Glenn, what'd you think of this? I,
2: okay. <laughs>
0: <glad I> <laughs> okay go. we've got to change this. We I can't keep this going. This. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna try and get through this. We're gonna try and get through this. Okay.
2: Uh, I, I liked it. It was a fine opening match. Uh, I think it struggled because nobody in the building bought that Butcher and Blade could win this match, which, yeah. which is tough because Butcher and Blade are actually very good, very solid tag team. And uh, this wasn't the best, especially coming off such a great match for the Lucha Bros. You know, It was uh, kind of on the weaker side of the matches that, that they've had, but I, I had no problem with it. Um, I thought there was a little too much going on. I think they're really overdoing, the like, pulling off the mask thing. I think that's something that yeah. gets a lot of heat because it's so sacrilegious. But if you're doing it all the time, which they do, and it's just two days removed from doing the face paint gimmick with Sting and Darby Allen, like, Tony Khan, you're starting to realize some of the stuff that he loves doing. And one of them that is a staple of Tony Khan is pulling off the mask, wiping off the face paint. He really loved that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I... um I was at the tapings on Wednesday, so it was oh. kind of harsh to watch this episode tonight. I was like, damn, I kind of already know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but um I I just feel like there's so many great tag teams. So I'm ready to see the Lucia Brothers like defend these titles against different tag teams. I'm not I'm just saying the Butcher and the Blade, it was just not what I was expecting their first title defense to be. But listen, they always put on a great match, so it's enjoyable to watch.
0: It was good. Private party uh, ran out after the Lucha Brothers yeah. won, beat down on the tag champs.
2: That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. I, I'm very mm-hmm. much looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Issa, uh, of this promo between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson? And oh my God, did they say Brian Danielson enough? They're really trying to get us to switch our habits, to stop calling him Daniel Bryan. Yeah, it's tough.
2: Um,
1: I love the promo. Um, The fact that it's a non-title match just makes me question what's going to happen here because I I appreciate that AEW doesn't have their champions, you know, lose. So it makes me really go into what's going to happen. Shout out to Daniel Bryan for not changing his shirt in what? three weeks now. It's just a plain white T he is still the planet champ, man. (laughs) It's it's exciting. And to me, it's just still doesn't feel like the wrestling nerd in me doesn't feel like it's real life. Like I'm about to watch Kenny Omega and Brian, like go at it. Like it just doesn't
2: click that this is really happening. It's awesome. And I really think they need a gun to have, like, as good a match as they like, if the ceiling for this Gosh. is the greatest match ever, match of the year, whatever. I don't like the idea, and I've never subscribed to the theory of, well, they got to hold back. Because if there's a rematch, it's like, you just go guns blazing. This is 19,000 people in your biggest show ever. They got to go guns blazing. I am really have my expectations high for this match and hope they deliver.
0: Do you think Brian wins this, or do you think all the elite comes out, beats him up, and that's how we set up him as the underdog? for war and then he goes through as much the elite as possible in a build up to I a championship match yeah
2: i think that's wow. what will happen yeah th- that would be very new japan like i would not be opposed to kenny omega who's your champion who's already lost a non-title match beating daniel bryan and then the story is daniel bryan has to go to the back of the line and go to the elite or... to get to kenny omega
1: or it goes into a time draw. Let them wrestle oh, so yeah. freaking good that it goes into a time draw and nobody wins because that will be chef kiss. Have no problem with that.
0: I think Brian yep. Danielson, his greatest fantasy on earth isn't about winning the lottery. It's nothing of a sexual nature. His greatest fantasy on earth is to have a match that's so long it goes to a time draw. They're <laughs> like, <laughs> we literally have to stop this. It cannot go on any longer.
2: It's one fair. The answer to this question is absolutely. Alfred,
0: oh, well, there you go. you're, <laughs> you're awesome. back from vacation. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I've got so much package. Like
1: Alfred's house in Vegas. That's so much fa- I, I
0: have like 30 <laughs> bottles of unopened hot sauce. I have to figure out how to transport uh, because I've had this hot one subscription forever. And I just oh. went on this buying frenzy. And I can't figure out the best way to do this without breaking them. Like, it's a very challenging, very challenging conundrum. It's Z, $5. Do you all see AEW eventually get to a point where they push out day one talent to make room for all the WWE talent and friends coming over AEW is WWE 2.0? You
2: better not. You're saying push them out? Like get rid of yeah. them? Sorry. Not,
0: yeah. Not the Sorry, Darby.
2: Maybe not the beginning of the end, but that would, uh, it would be a tough. AEW has such a special, I think, relationship with its fan base. The fan base is very, very loyal to AEW that I think they have to play a balancing act between being perceived as somebody trying to be like WWE and somebody doing their own thing. I think a lot of these fans really support these AEW homegrown talents. And as long as there's a balance, I have no problem with the Malachi Blacks in the world. My favorite people in AEW right now are the former WWE stars, whether it's Malachi Black or Nero. But they also have very strong acts who are built by AEW. So as long as there's a mixture like that, That would be fine, but they should not push out their homegrown talent.
1: And you also have to remember that Daniel Bryan's first shit Sorry, Brian, first <laughs> promo coming into AEW was to put the the homegrown talent over the people that believed in AEW since day one. Those were his very first words. So I feel like these WWE guys are coming in but not stepping their boundaries and making sure that these guys get their credit. And look at how they're booking their matches. It's like somebody that you know against somebody that you should know. They're, they're doing a smart job right now.
2: We'll see if they can keep up with it. I yeah. love that, somebody you know versus somebody you should know. Well, That's
0: great. To that point, Stellar Justin Lopez, 2.0, 499, saying uh, he was there on Wednesday, but when he heard Butcher and the Blade, he was like, I got to catch the train back to Brooklyn. (laughs) Okay,
1: but you know what? He got to the train, and then he had to wait 30 minutes for the train to arrive, so he couldn't watch the freaking match (laughs) anyway.
0: I have left... So many concerts before the encore. I have left. I left yeah. WrestleMania after uh, Triple H and Roman's entrance. Like I'm a big beat the traffic guy. Wow, wow. You know? I mean, the entrance is sometimes all you need. To
2: see. Well, you really didn't miss much for that match. So
0: yeah, you know. yeah, I watched. I watched it in an Uber on my phone. The, on the excuse the before- me,
1: Roman Reigns, Spear, Stephanie McMahon. That's like every no, no, woman's no. fantasy, and she got to live it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so come on. <laughs>
2: The year before was much note, better. Roman and Brock uh, at WrestleMania 31 was uh one of the, the best live matches I've oh, ever seen. That was so good. So good.
0: So uh Anna Jay versus the bunny. Glenn, what'd you think?
2: It was fine. Um it was just a decent match. They uh, I feel like the crowd was really with this because they haven't done too much, you know, explaining the conflict here. Uh I, Anna Jay looked fine because she's back from injury. Um, but it was it was it was okay.
0: Issa?
1: Yeah, same. I thought it was fine. Um, Sometimes I forget that Anna Jay has barely wrestled in front of a live crowd and she's kind of like still learning because we've seen her, but it was during, you know, the N T Arena era. I did notice that she was selling the shoulder that wasn't taped up. uh, That was distracting me a lot because they were talking about her shoulder injury, but she was selling the the shoulder that wasn't injured. So I I couldn't stop focusing on that. But I think they're gonna have, you know, I yeah, it is leading towards a tag match between I I love Anna Jay and Take Conti, and I think the Bunny and Penelope for it should be fun. That we got two women segments, and that in AW World is a record. So I'll take it.
0: A uh, quick update in the Tony D'Angelo WWE follower yes. count. He is up to sixty nine
2: followers. Nobody follow him. He's staying here forever. Nobody else follow him. Sixty nine is a good number.
0: <laughs> we will update you throughout the show. But go to Tony D'Angelo WWE. And uh, make it happen, folks. You know,
2: For two years, I only had 69 people that I was following. And if I wanted to follow somebody new, I'll get rid of somebody else. And Mojo Raleigh started following me because that's his favorite number. And we yes. really made a connection over 69. It's uh, a very <laughs> beautiful uh, friendship that we built, a friendship over the number 69. Uh, eventually, I reached out and started following more people. But a uh, great number of followers to have. 69.
0: I uh, forged a connection with Mojo over Zubas. <laughs> like, I love it. I like just DMing him and be like, "Dude, these are the best pants ever." He's like, "I know, right?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Like that's that's the exchanges I've had with Mojo Raleigh over the years. I, I have a quick
2: Mojo Raleigh story. I was at Sweet. the uh, so on June 9th it was six nine. All right, I was at the uh, the the ice cream dispensary uh, getting some uh, ice cream, some lemon uh, lemon right. diesel ice cream, sour diesel ice cream, and uh, at six oh nine, I got a text from Mojo Raleigh. Uh, about sixty nine days, so it, it was it was just ridiculous. And the, the the number for the ice cream, the price I paid was sixty nine dollars for the ice cream that I got that day. It's crazy. Wow,
1: that ice cream better being amazing.
2: Amazing ice cream. I just you know, have you ever yeah, watched Discovery Channel while you're eating ice cream? It's amazing.
1: Oh yeah, one thousand percent. I watched all what? out eating ice cream. It was the best. <laughs>
0: I have a tendency to eat too much ice cream when I'm by myself, and then uh, <laughs> it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well at all. And the new ice cream is much, much stronger than the ice cream we grew up with.
2: Yeah. It is way stronger. Yeah. Way, way more, stronger. more potent. When you were a In it's really good
0: yeah I mean, when you were a kid you used to just like eat a pint so somebody just open the whole container Neapolitan and just have at it. go to town yourself now it's like you get a cone and you're just like, oh my God oh yeah I'm gonna sit need, down just need one scoop yeah seriously yep. uh Sam Austin saying the crowd won't be as hot on a Wednesday but do you think AEW mics up the crowd lower on rampage the level makes it feel kind of canned
1: uh I don't know how it came off on television, but Prudential was loud. It was sold out, and that has to be one of their largest audiences as well. Prudential is a full-size arena, and they sold it out. I think Wednesday, I cannot wait to hear what it sounds like. I do have a fear that the song is going to go travel off because of the way that Arthur Ashe is built. It might not translate as good on TV, but we'll see. I think it's going to be very, very
0: loud. So I admit I was in the midst of figuring out my strategy for packing hot sauce. And I wish that was a euphemism for something. Uh, uh, When this happened, what was the thing with Matt Hardy and the Orange Cassidy looking guy in the audience and bringing him in the ring and shaving his head? Like, I saw that, but what was like, who was that? Was that? What was
2: the it was just thing? a fan. And, and Matt Hardy was very funny in the segment, I thought, but it was a fan who Matt Hardy accosted and shaved his head to build to Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy. And it could be, be a real, probably
0: uh, I mean, it was a plant, though,
2: obviously. Oh, yeah. It was, it was just a plant yeah. as a fan. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> oh, my God. You thought the dark side of the ring backlash was bad. You thought a real
0: plant. <laughs> we'll
2: never see Matt Hardy again. <laughs> the shaving
1: incident.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. Hey, Brandy was, you know, in hair for a long time, so that, that'll, that'll get you over it, yeah. right? Can we ever find out what that was? I said she was gonna make like like a weave of many colors out of we like had a all the couple of gimmicks that
2: she just yeah. I mean dropped cold or they just went another direction. She was with awesome Connor for a couple of seconds. Uh, yeah. you know.
0: hmm. interesting Maybe maybe on roads to the top. We'll get the story.
2: Sure hopefully find all well, that
0: I've... so Britt baker and ruby soho came face to oh, face tonight oh, oh,
2: oh, oh my god <laughs> let's go
0: so the match is I know happening we both just week. like
1: freaked out
0: over this <laughs> i'm surprised they're hot shotting this so quick okay so one i checked I rancid doesn't have a tour date next wednesday they they got to be there oh my right. god
1: That's they have to they have I'm to
0: free. right yeah. but do you think yeah. this is going to be like genuine championship match no shenanigans
2: yeah um, there will be shenanigans because, you know, uh, Rebel will be ringside. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So there's going to be some shenanigans. And I think that's how they're going to get out of beating Ruby Soho. She's going to, you know, there's going to be outside interference that she can't overcome. But I love the idea of a live entrance because these fans are really starting to lean into this music. And that, that's the glory of a hot crowd. When Chicago wrestling, is, especially with live crowds, is a copycat business. When people see like a hot crowd singing along to a song, everybody's going to want to do it. Just like they did it on the boat for Jericho. Now everybody does it. In the same they, need to, with Ruby Soho.
0: they need to edit that better. You cannot start with the chorus. I have the stems to that song because it was in like a rock band game or something. So I was messing around with it, and I know some people in AEW, and I was like, guys, this is easy. But apparently, they like Rancid gave them the yeah. the tapes. It's just on Tony to authorize like a new edit of it. But starting with the chorus, like it needs to build. It's too abrupt when the music hits and she comes right in. I, oh,
1: I, oh, I oh, haven't oh. been able to get that song out of my head since she, actually since before she debuted it because she had it on her video packages that she was putting together. But oh my God, I absolutely love that song. And this segment was fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. All of them. My God, these girls came out swinging. And this is how you build a feud with one week time to yeah. build it. Everything they said to each other was absolutely perfect. Britt Baker does not mess around, man. When she was like, welcome to TV time, I was like, yeah. yo, 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 come on. She's already there. Stop. You just you just grabbed the mic. One
2: of my favorite I, just, ones too. I don't think it got what it deserved. And She just like opened like, welcome to TV time.
1: Yeah. I, I was like, you Britt Baker is so good. I'm glad that they took their time with her because I remember she was the first woman announced in AEW. And I always thought she looked the part, so I, I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't put the title on her. And I'm glad they waited as long as they did because they allowed her to grow into what she is today. But at the same time, Ruby came out there and just stood toe-to-toe with her, went at it with her on the mic. I mean, this this is everything. and, and I And I do feel that they're rushing it a little bit but it doesn't matter usually with the casino battle royal winners they end up wrestling for the title in a show jungle boy had it that way you know they don't wait until the pay-per-view i love seeing ruby being able to just keep up with Britt baker who's probably the most over female right now so it was it was it was chef kiss perfection it was an awesome segment
0: do you think they're gonna give ruby the win in front of that audience because really
2: I don't think so. Um, you know, you never know what could happen. They could do anything. Uh, but I, I think it's too early to be Brit Breaker. Uh, and I, I do think Brit wins this match.
0: Yeah, maybe – we talked to this before, maybe like Thunder Rosa, maybe somebody costs her the match and then Ruby gets her own – I mean, look, if, if what happens with this, if Ruby does not get the championship but she gets like a TV-time women's feud aside from the championship, that will be groundbreaking, a huge win if it becomes a big storyline in AEW. She's a top female star and she doesn't have to do this over the belt.
2: Yeah, and this was a good example of using reality – into a storyline because Ruby had that line said, "You're just like every other girl where you're entitled yeah. and you're banging some dude in the back." And then Britt Baker clapped right back and said, "You got fired." It just felt so disrespectful on both fronts to hear them say that to each other's face. I loved it.
0: Why didn't Britt when yeah. she hit her with that? Why didn't she be like with like, "Yeah, how do you think he got his job here?" Because <laughs> I'm the <laughs> <well with laughs> <kind> one. <of, laughs> you're,
2: you're kind of burying Adam Cole, who's like if he's honest, yeah. he's like the most over guy on the show. So I don't know if you want to do him like that. Yeah.
0: That would have been a Mike Canellis moment. Uh, here's yeah. Yeah,
2: thing that, that storytelling really quick in that when Britt Baker got in the ring, I don't know if you guys noticed, she gave Tony Giovanni a hug and the crowd kind of groaned like, oh, because they know that Adam Cole is not a fan of this relationship. So there's like, they're still telling that story between whatever Adam Cole to eventually do to Tony Giovanni.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be pretty, but I, I love the. That you got fire lying. Runaway, no, you got fire. I was yeah. like, listen, and and Ruby saying, Yeah, he led me right here. So it was the best thing that happened to me. I just absolutely loved it. I do wish if this is the kind of promos that they're gonna give us, that this ends up being more than a one off match and we can, you know, kind of like build a little bit of a program between the two of them because that was that was a lot of fun and it's amazing how underutilized Ruby Soho was in WWE because we never saw this side of her in the and, years that she was there. Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, it was very good. And then the title match, title versus car, Muro's TNT Championship versus Fuego <laughs> Del Sol's reasonably priced uh, new car. Uh, Fuego lost the car. Why isn't, I mean, Fuego clearly took his name from the Menudo song. Like, why isn't he entering to that? You know, Tony Khan could shout out all these other dollars. Sure. Like, you know, get some Menudo. No. Uh, get but,
1: some wins you don't get yeah. a phone unless you're gonna win something like this guy oh, just enjoys please. pain he's a masochist man he's like i want to fight miro again i'm like why
0: <laughs> yeah it did kind of like okay so this is was really this was the launchpad though for sammy is gonna face miro next so i guess it kind of makes sense right but with fuego yeah i mean he's very tertiary to this uh to this future And sammy could win
1: yeah, I think Sammy will probably be one of the people that I will go like, ooh, are they going to pull the trigger on this, you know, against Miro? But I will say, as far as Fuego goes, I get it, It's Rampage It's one hour It's pretty, but it's just like, come on. Like, There's such thing as a baby face, and there's such thing as just being straight up stupid. And that's how I felt everybody, even in the building, felt like. Because Tony Khan came out earlier before Dynamite got on the air, and he just said that Miro was defending the title. For Rampage. So everybody gets hyped, you know, we think. And then then when they finally announced it was Fuego, everybody was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought he had a chance. But if he leads to Sammy and Miro, I'm here for that. I think
2: that's going to be a great feud. Uh, just like AEW broke its tip for their last match, I was kind of hoping Tony Khan would come out after and say, you know what, Fuego, we got you another car. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> we got you a Subaru, buddy. Uh, but I, I will say, this feud has reminded me, even though Fuego hasn't beaten Nero, uh, there was a famous feud between the 123 kid, Sean Waltman, and Razor yeah. Ramon, where they eventually had a match for $10,000. And a uh, re- uh, 123 kid just ended up stealing it and running out with the $10,000. So I hope that that happens, that eventually, like, Fuego Nascello just steals the car and drives it away and takes it back.
0: Yeah, there you go. Been, uh, jokes on you, it's not paid for. Uh, Tim Robbins. <laughs> Four ninety nine saying off topic completely, but you guys thoughts on Danhausen in uh, AEW? I think it would be awesome. You know, Danhausen. There's there's a few of these guys, right? I mean, like Dalton Castle. Like there's a few talents that are names right now that haven't really been snapped up um, right. with promotions. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm interested. I mean, I feel like Danhausen's had a hell of a year. His name yeah. keeps getting mentioned more and more. I'm surprised mm-hmm. he hasn't been signed by a promotion.
2: Me too. A lot of buzz for him. Has he competed on dark before? I think I don't I know. Think I, might, I feel like I've
0: seen him on there. Yeah.
1: Possibly, but I think he will be a he will be a great fit. But yeah. you know they can't scoop up everybody, and that's the thing they're getting they're getting a little bloated, so they gotta slow down on their acquisitions.
0: Yeah, Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, NWA yeah. they all need they all need these talents. Yeah, man, just how do people find the time? Could you imagine each week watching everything that we watch, and then on top of that. Like following Impact, Ring of Honor, NWA, MLW. I mean
2: next week between WWE and AEW alone, it's eleven hours of professional yeah. wrestling. We are going to endure.
1: It's a lot. It's a lot. That's why I watch um I watch like some recaps about impacts. And sometimes i am seen and they're putting on great shows, but I'm like, I can't do it on Thursdays. I just can't. I can't. It's too much right now.
0: It is too much. Uh let's hop into SmackDown. Tonight, Knoxville, Tennessee, and we open with the bloodline coming to the ring. Isa, what did you think of uh, this promo?
1: (laughs) I thought it was great. I I, I really been liking what they've been doing. I love the fact that they're um, talking about how multiple people are coming after Roman Reigns. Um, I will like... For somebody to establish an official acknowledgement way, do we do a wave? Do we lift the finger up like he's been doing at his matches? Like there should be an official way that you can let him know that you're acknowledging him. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> also the shirt in white. I don't know, Roman Reigns is a patient in white. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought it was a fun <laughs> promo. I liked Paul Heyman's promo because he had this moment where he goes, I'm very intimately involved with Brock Lesnar in a completely professional way. Like, that was Paul Heyman's did way you of see like, did you, see my, did you see my reaction to that? Because
1: I have been obsessed with the new picture of Brock. Do you see the new rendering they did for Brock? Yo, he looks thick. <laughs> so I keep calling him Thick Boy Brock. And I was Brock. like, oh, so you know about Thick Boy Brock. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he says intimately, I was like, "Oh, he knows all about." Know about Sorry, it. <laughs> this is inappropriate, but here in my it, it, over here is midnight, so I can talk inappropriately if That's I want. to.
0: <laughs> um, and then interrupted by new WWE champion Biggie and Finn Why? Balor. Hell yeah! But energy, Listen, but
1: yeah. I I was just going to add to Paul Heyman's. A promo here. Biggie fears Roman Reigns, otherwise he would have not cashed thing on Mondays. He would have cashed thing oh. on Roman Reigns, so he could have easily be like, "What are you doing here, bro?"
2: You know. No, I think the fact that Biggie pulled up and stood right in his face shows that he's not scared of Roman Reigns. If he wasn't scared, why didn't he go for that title?
0: Just <laughs> never too soon to build to Survivor Series. I love uh, right, Reigns. I can't Roman
2: wait. E. Roman Reigns saying, uh, smart move. And this is great that they're building, what are we, in September? And they're building towards a November match? I've never heard of such yeah. a thing in WWE. And I also like that Roman Reigns now has like a, a three, his next three opponents pretty much set up with Brock Lesnar, the Demon, and Big E
1: yeah um i don't know about this i just want to point out i want biggie to have a long title reign and i will light some candles and do some spell work here but survivor series we are known to get the wwe champion to change like two days before survivor series it happens multiple times it happened last year it happened with aj styles and gender Mohal. it happened with aj styles and brian so i am not going to get too excited because this has happened to me too many times
0: you know I could see with them trying to do an economy of matches and maybe thinking it was big enough, doing the Bloodline versus New Day. So put the tag belts oh. on New Day with Big E and any of the Usos as tag team champions with Roman against them in Survivor Series.
2: Now, they are doing Bloodline versus New Day on Raw as a response to them losing. Yeah. I was wondering what are they going to have cooked up for Monday to try to you know, break this unfavorable streak in 18 to 49. And this is at least the first big response they're doing is on Raw. They announced that they're going to do the bloodline versus the New Day.
0: See, so that seems too big for Raw.
2: And this is going to be a pattern. And I'm very nervous for WWE is going to like do all these self-inflicting wounds where they're just going to keep hot shotting week after week after week. Until yeah. We might get two or three different WWE champions between now and the end of the NFL season, because the more that narrative is out there that, oh, AEW in 18 to 49, they're going to, they're, I know for hey. a fact you're not like losing to AEW, and they're going to keep trying to hotshot. I do not think that's the answer.
0: When well, when we get you The were... Rock versus Roman on Monday, you know they're in trouble. They're like, yeah. USA
1: Network pulled up crushing their neck. Like, yo, you got some Roman Reigns to let us borrow for a night? <laughs> Come
0: and... on, baby, give me some <laughs> Come on, Roman. Come on, please. <laughs> 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 He's like
2: USA Network. You're sick. Go go see somebody for that. <laughs> We got to take him to rehab.
0: <laughs> 30 years ago, it would have been acceptable for me to to bust into an impression of Samuel L. Jackson as Gator from Jungle Fever. Not acceptable. <laughs> Not acceptable anymore.
2: Come on, you're Alfred <laughs> tonight. You can do it. <laughs> and, you know,
0: maybe, uh, maybe DiCaprio and Basketball Diaries. Really, though, but again, sensitivity, should we make fun of addiction, you know? Uh, See, I'm I mean, being they're... that guy. That's the angel on my shoulder being like, oh, you know, can't make fun of addiction yeah. anymore. Anyhow, way to bring it down, everyone. Let's go to the. Let's go to Tony D'Angelo <laughs> follower count, where uh, Tony D'Angelo is up to seventy-five followers. Okay. Yes, uh, go, Tony. If you are watching let's this, go. we're not making fun of you. We want we want you to succeed, but we Tony D'Angelo, hundred
2: by the end of the podcast. Come on, guys, let's, yeah, go. let's do it.
0: Let's get the, this. We is get the live, live audience people? You know, when you see this after this podcast goes live tomorrow, like he's gonna get that wink bump. It's gonna be, it's gonna be up there um so uh we have the usos versus finn balor and biggie biggie and finn balor getting the win i mean i didn't know i wanted this match this was good but this is just very <laughs> random very I hated
2: random. it i hated it i mean i didn't hate the match mm-hmm. i hate the fact that not only are they an all-time tag team like one of the best ever but the idea that your tag team champions could be beat so decisively by a makeshift team that comes in like I mean there's a million different ways you could have gone about promoting these two guys, kind of opposing uh, Roman Reigns, and I just don't like the Usos, your tag team champions. It's chumby. I I don't. Yeah.
0: It
1: did it did lead to that amazing super kick on Biggie's face backstage, oh. which the camera work on it was so impressive. Like it took me by surprise. I did a good job with that. But I didn't I didn't like this match. Um I I mean there, obviously you have amazing performers in the ring, but I, I didn't need it, and it didn't need to happen.
0: Um, Rick Boogs versus yeah. Robert Rude. Watch Boogs. out for Rick Boogs, man. I'm telling you. Dude, he's going to be – he's going to dethrone Shinsuke. When they're going to have no. a one-on-one feud. It'll my, be epic. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's so over. I mean, and now the crowds are back. Like, like it's –
2: you're right. The more I hear these stories about what they want, under thirty, we want a bigger guys. I mean, Rick Boogs checks all these boxes.
0: It's it's like if Russell Simmons at Def Jam would have said, "Chuck D, I know you got something to say, but the people pop for Flavor Flav. He should really be front and center on Public Enemy. What do you think?"
2: <laughs> that Probably is, going so well. He, is, he is a Flavor Flav in this group. Uh, Rick Boogs 33 too, so that might be holding him back. But it seems like they're really going with this guy. Look,
1: whatever happens, we just need to make the IC title matter again. Like, it's been sitting in the backseat for so long, and I hate it. Like, when Shinsuke won it, I said, okay, maybe now we can really get something going. And the reason probably why it really triggers me is because we're going into extreme rules, and you could have a ladder match with so many talented guys that are on SmackDown going for that title. You have nothing going on for Sen, Kevin Owens, Cesaro. You have Baron Corbin. You have Shinsuke. You have Apollo. Like, you really could make this such a big field an important thing and you're just you're just letting him hang out in the background. So even if he goes to books eventually, make it matter again. We're we're starting to build up a little bit the US title and Raw. The IC title hasn't mattered in forever. Yeah. It needs to it needs and to go back to being important.
0: Weird that we went then from this attack after the match with the Z's and uh Cruz attacking and then immediately go to this promo uh to build up Kevin Owens versus Happy Corbin. And uh, then Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, or ha- yeah, Happy Corbin attacks uh, Kevin Owens.
2: Yeah, that was supposed to be a match, and he wasn't even dressed to compete. He was in his street clothes, and he just attacked him. That's probably why he wasn't dressed you to know- compete. You know, beat him
1: up. We talked on Tuesday about um, Mandy's, like, hair journey. Can we talk about Baron Corbin's in-ring gear journey? Because he always wrestles in the most uncomfortable-looking clothes. <laughs> Remember when he had the best, like, the waiter vest when he was the constable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Now he's out here wrestling in this. What's going on? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kevin, speculation in recent weeks that Kevin Owens is going to be the next – or one of the next, to jump ship to AEW. Tonight didn't seem like oh, yeah. their eye on Kevin Owens.
2: It made it seem more and more like that. So
0: Yeah. We'll uh, Seth Rollins came out to the ring, looked, uh, dressed like a baked potato. Uh,
1: no. <laughs> this was Get his best outfit yet. Really? Outfit yet. You look
2: stupid at him.
1: No, I love this outfit as much as I did the full leather one. That was my other favorite one.
0: Is is he still in a feud with Edge after this? Yes. I mean, I'm just sick of him talking. I'm sick of Edge and I'm sick of Seth talking about Edge and Edge talking about Seth. Like, this is this is just boring at this point. This is just redundant. This is the same thing. I don't care for Seth's introspection. Like, this feels to me like they're just keeping him running in place until he's ready to go in a program with Roman.
2: I will say this. I love their matches. I sure. didn't like their promos, yeah. especially in the past uh, over the past month. I thought it was good. This particular, I did not like at all. I really, this was, yeah. you yeah. can't convince me this didn't last an hour. This was, yeah. I didn't like how this was laid out. He was just going on and on and on. And I think Edge is out for a couple of months. And I just did not like what whatever this was.
0: It's, and it's there was nothing new. This is like when you get to the end of the report and you're just trying to hit 500 words. Yeah, you know, like that's the thing yeah. about democracy in America is it has yeah. roots in America's democratic process and how we come together to practice democracy as the United States of America democratically. How many words? The process.
2: You remember that like such as, remember Miss South Carolina and the beauty pageant? She had that. That That's what it reminded me of. to say like such as and, you know, like such as.
0: Why doesn't he just end it with like, and that's why I hate Edge. So very, 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 very much. Go to commercial
1: yeah I, I, I thought this promo went on too long and like I'll, like Glenn said sorry if they bring us excellent matches but I listen I'm a big Seth Rollins fan he's one of my favorites but it feels like it's been a little while where you just put him in this never ending fields. he felt like he was in a feud with the Mysterios for like a year then he came back and feud it with Cesaro for like six months and now he's going to feud with Edge until Edge retires in 10 years <laughs> Like I don't understand why we keep putting Seth in these programs and then I I love the match last week, and I do think they're going to have a rubber match just because they're one and one it, it leads to great matches, but we don't have to. Edge is not even here to respond, so did you really need Seth out there for that long? No.
0: Yeah, like, and, you know, we're going to talk about this, uh, and Bear, we're going to definitely get to talking about Naomi and Sonia, but it's like Terry Allen Jr. saying 250 women are not receiving enough TV time. Why? Like... This was the night, man. Rollins could have done anything else tonight. Yeah. This was wasted time. This was a repeat. This was boring.
2: We didn't need any of this, and I don't think we're getting Seth and Edge anytime soon. Um, the women's match they did have was a j- literally a joke. They just, uh, you know, they went to a really wacky finish that they stole from NXT. So yeah, and the, you know, the whole thing about uh, the Zelina Vega not getting to compete on. Uh, the nine eleven show is just, I mean, I, I couldn't, it's kind of egregious. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to be outraged about it or whatnot because they could do what they do with their TV time. But I, I just think at the very least they could have had this match that they, you know, kind of did a makeup this week, last week. Uh, they, there is time to do that too. Yeah. It's
0: very odd, man. Uh, and then they did go into that women's match. Uh, we had Zelina Vega and Carmella versus Tony Storm and Liv Morgan. And Carmella uh, got her nose uh, broken. So her Marsha Brady moment. Yeah. Tonight. Dye your hair
2: brown. It'll go away. Just dye your hair. And uh, just like Mandy did.
0: I'm worried <laughs> about Tony Storm. Because tonight when they were like to push on the 80s and the rock and roll. And I was like, oh, they're making her the female Dolph. Like, and we've seen them backstage. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I have hated- not.
2: Yeah. And they did this with the three women where they kind of branded, they're, they're like, coming up next, it's the 80s wild child, Tony Storm. It's the passionate Zelina Vega and the rambunctious Liv Morgan. It's, like, it's just all this branding. It's like, just let these <laughs> women wrestle and like lean into something else. And then by the way, Tony Storm looked, at, I don't know if it's just me, she looked in phenomenal shape. Like, I mean, yeah, she's always in good shape, but she looked like she's dropped at least like 10 to 15 pounds. Oh, she looks great. Yeah,
1: she look. She looked like she's like leaning up a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's something that it has been bothering me, I guess, and it's because if you think about it, Selena and Carmela, the reason why they're together is because they were gonna back up Sasha, and then Sasha disappears. We never get an explanation. They haven't even mentioned Sasha, and that bothers me as well. And now they're they're still together, but that was so short run that you don't even realize that that's why Carmela and Selena are still hanging out. So like the whole thing it just feels so convoluted and they're
0: like yeah but here they are
1: they're just going to wrestle and you're like okay
0: <laughs> you know uh Glenn, and how did they introduce Selena what what adjective did they use she's passionate she's the moment too the moment the okay. moment <laughs> there you go um so we had <sighs> so much oh yeah let's let's uh talk about Finn Balor's promo backstage with uh, the, like the morphing to the demon he doesn't summon what? the demon the demon summons him
1: oh so he's possessed <laughs>
0: are you watching evil on paramount plus yet Issa? no i need
1: to i need to i know i know i need you
0: i, I watch the show every week and i'm like isa would be all over this shit because i'm just,
1: gonna i'm gonna start this weekend i'm gonna start this weekend spooky
0: demonic catholicism um it's yeah crazy it's very good but uh yeah it's very much that thing like uh like uh Batman is the real personality. Bruce Wayne is the mask. It's just like, okay, we get it. We get it. You're taking the thing and you're flipping it around. I understand. Um, I was shocked to learn that he comes from a family of railroad workers. And why? Why was he not the conductor? <laughs> you know, why is he not shoveling coal and in promos into an engine? Like, don't let because Vince. We fund have
1: Ron Strowman for that. Come That's on. That's true.
0: That's true. Oh, come taking the train he- thunder.
1: Do you think there's more money in conductors or like railroad or sanitation?
0: <laughs> uh, he owned the railroad.
2: Yeah, uh, Glenn kind of has a, uh, Alfred kind of has a conductor's hat. It's
0: true. Yeah, he does. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> the big nasty brother.
1: express. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad you brought that up, Alfred, in terms of this is what stuck stood out to me. Given where this promo went, that he just turned into this demon, the fact that his parents are railroad workers was so unnecessary to where he's being all relatable and by the end of the promo he turns into this demon. Where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what what Finn Balor are we going to like in this promo?
0: Finn Balor the A+, we got one A-plus Finn Balor promo segment. And that was the one in NXT when he was in the white room and it had the morph effect and everyone's got a demon inside them and it had the heartbeat. Like, that was really cool. His thing he did when he debuted on Raw and he was doing, let me tell you about Irish folklore and mythology and it was like a weird, like, History Channel special. Like, oh, they haven't yeah. gotten this right. Tonight was okay. It had moments, but man, he's not winning this match he
1: sounded too human to be trying to explain the demon
0: because before they went
1: into the segment they said Finn Balor is going to explain the demon and now he's talking about being railroad and calling his way he wasn't supposed to be a wrestler what does the demon have to do with that what does this evil entity that takes over you have to do with that and I also don't want them to go too freaky you know like we are scary because then it doesn't make sense either but I feel like if Prince Balor was cutting that promo without morphing,
2: then uh, it
1: will will make more sense, right?
2: Yeah. 100%. He was cutting a human promo. Yes. Ended up him turning into a demon. Like, it's just like if he was like, you know, I love sports, (laughs) love going to a ball game. (laughs) (laughs) We really went from zero to 100 immediately.
1: That's exactly what it was like too. I'm (laughs) in tears
0: I don't even know man I don't even know Dominic Mysterio took on Sami Zayn And man I want to keep on the train Of just saying why 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 But Dominic they put on a pretty good match There were some really fluid moments In this match Dominic looked great He needs to beat his father up I cannot hammer this home enough
2: We're getting to the point where this is beginning to be trolling. Like, we're past the point of what it should have been. Every week I see Rey Mysterio come and see his son's match, it's like, you're trolling us. Like, this is not moved in months. Um,
0: I'm sorry.
1: At this point, I just want Rey to beat him. To, like, take off his belt and put him in his lap and, like, start, like, like beating him off like you do. Listen, whatever. I, I thought the match was great. I don't like Dominic doing the 619. He's too long for it.
0: Yeah. Oh and yeah. What's,
1: what's it works the- when they do the double six one nine, but when he does it by himself, it just looks yeah. awkward because he's so much longer. I, that's my opinion. Don't I agree. you know I don't know how everybody okay.
0: And his should be change the name. What's the other area code in San Diego? He should take that as his finishing move name to at least strike his own path and forge his own identity. Um but no, the, pro- the, the area code in El Paso, Texas, where Eddie Guerrero was born. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, viva la raza. Um the problem also is commentary is too trying too hard. Like I almost need them to bring J- JBL back for this and just be like, he's just trying to do his dad proud Maggle. Like, you know, I just need someone that like really is phoning it in on um, this commentary is trying way too hard to, uh, to sell us on this and make it investable. Uh, Naomi and Sonya Deville, are they going to have a match? against one I another so.
2: i mean yeah if they, if they have the potential for it to be the biggest a big match it could be a big pay-per-view match it could be a big tv match i, I like i like where they're going with this
0: bear hudson five dollars yeah. is saying as a black man the look naomi gave to sonya was uh yeah oh yeah. you effed up uh every black man has had yeah. that look given to us before naomi squashed sonya please
2: that look and at the end that was for the culture at the end she did this thing naomi she went <laughs> And it was that thing that aunties do when they're daring you to talk back to them after you've just gotten yelled at by an auntie or my mom or whatever. And they go, like, you better not say anything. That was, that was for the culture. I love that.
0: I feel like my wife does that to me once a week.
2: (laughs) Well, you're you're in the culture, Alfred. So I would imagine that she would do that.
0: You know what it is? I think my wife uh, grew up, her role model as a child was uh, uh, D on what's happening. And I think that just explains everything. of my wife's attitude. It all makes sense now. Um, I, I, I
2: like what they did with Naomi. now, man. Let me tell you something, OK? This might be hard for some pressing my media to digest. Where they're going with the storyline, as far as I'm concerned, this is the second week that Sonia was talking to Karen and ignoring this <laughs> Black woman who's not being prioritized. And she stood up for herself. And then later on, right after she did, Michael Cole said, uh, Naomi has been punished. And she's been punished for insubordination. This is a story of Black women being villainized for standing up for themselves and trying to get to where they were as a product of a, a mother who rose to the top of her industry. She went to the exact same thing. And this is something that I think is a very unique, uh, very subtle story that they're telling. And I absolutely love it. And I hope this is the direction that they go with the story.
0: This is almost, yeah. and, and kind of like we've talked about uh, the larger issues with race and professional wrestling and AEW and, and talking about this with WWE, like, I think about what I know of the powers be at WWE. And we've talked about this in terms of, uh, you know, black champions and how they're really pushing black uh, wrestling and, and, and the culture and, and all of this. And um, to, as you just laid this out, this is like surprisingly, shockingly sophisticated.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, for the absolutely. and there, there is a black woman, at least one black woman writing for WWE. I know they fired the other one because of that uh, Bobby Ashley incident. But uh, I, I'm, I'd i be willing to bet money that they at the very least consulted her. At most, she's probably writing this storyline. And I, I I this is something that I, I'm a thousand percent related to everything in this. I think they're doing a good job of telling the story of her. Yeah, just one second. I'm talking to Karen. And then she handles this. And I've seen all these, every wrestling fan. And it makes a good tweet to say that the bloodline needs to get involved in this. And I, I don't agree. Okay, I, I've got uh, my mom aunties, cousins, whatever. I've never known a black woman to go hide behind her husband. And I don't think that's what Naomi should be doing. I think Naomi needs to handle her business in this scenario. We talked about Harriet Tubman. She didn't hide behind her husband. Beyonce doesn't hide behind Jay-Z. Naomi shouldn't hide behind Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso or Roman Reigns. I think she needs to handle this. And they need to slowly pluck that string of her being less prioritized. Maybe Sonya says something egregious. Maybe we get to meet Taryn, who's on the phone, and they eventually have a match. That's the story that I want to see.
1: I like it. I'm not mad at that. I just want her. I do want her to beat the crap out of Sonya,
2: though. Absolutely. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm here for it. Uh, UltraPuck, four ninety nine. You think they ruined Extreme Rules with Balor and Reigns match by announcing Brock Lesnar Crown Jewel? Will the redraft improve ratings? Um. Uh... Go ahead. <laughs>
1: No, I was just gonna say I don't think it's ruined. I I think a lot of people are just overthinking it because the 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 announcement that they made on social media says will the universal championship be on the line? It doesn't say the match is for the universal championship yet. So wow. I do think advertising it from for Crown Jewel, they they still kept in mind the fact that Extreme Rules is in between it. A draft is desperately needed. I don't know what it would do for the ratings because I also fear for SmackDown because SmackDown flows a little bit nicely and switching things around could also hurt SmackDown. But a, a, a draft is desperately needed at this point. So hopefully it does help.
2: Absolutely. They definitely did shake things up.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we did say Sami Zayn won that match earlier. The go-home segment tonight, uh, Bianca Belair, homecoming talking <laughs> about being back there uh confronted by becky lynch full heel uh yeah so what'd you think of this uh this promo segment
1: i love i love that um bianca valeri is so so wholesome i love that kane was out there um i love that they gave him a a giant key i i don't understand why the key had to be so big her parents everything about her is so relatable so likable she is literally the baby face that they've been needed for a long time because she doesn't need to try she's just likable and lovable that way i loved everything that becky lynch did as well i thought becky lynch was excellent in this segment i think they're putting out like the best work that both of them have done in a while because of the contrast. And I can see why Becky's working heel with Bianca because Bianca is such a baby face. Um love the interaction. We'll see, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I just thought it was so wholesome. She got the whole crowd singing. It was it was it was nice that they gave her that moment before Becky interrupted and it turned into chaos like WWE typically does. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and this was uh, kind of a uh, little bit of a passive-aggressive shot at AEW in terms of Tony Khan patted himself on the back. We let our heroes win in their hometown. And WWE said, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll have a hometown celebration. And she's going to get that ass whooped. So these are two companies doing different philosophies in terms of how wrestlers are booked in their hometown. I like the idea of, you know, kind of building and following through somebody's hometown and p- promoting them up. And, you know, to be fair, I think they did that with uh, Bianca in terms of her Going in there, being celebrated by this crowd, seeing Rocky Top. But at the end of the day, WWE likes getting a heat in people's hometown, and AEW likes building yeah. people up and celebrating, doing victory laps. I don't think one is wrong and isn't. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not biased to it either. I think they're both effective ways in terms of getting a crowd reaction. One likes to make them boo. One likes to, you know, kind of promote their uh, superstars. And we'll see how this uh, ties out in terms of helping Becky Lynch become a heel.
1: But to your point with the Bianca thing, while they still got heat at the end of the night, her homecoming didn't feel forced. This has been going on on social media for days. She's been posting in yes. her story. She went back to her school. So I do feel like in a way she did get a little bit of a coming home celebration outside of just the segment. They made a big deal about what where they were and that, that she's from there and that it was awesome yeah. for her.
0: So hot ending. I mean, this is clearly, uh, you know, up there with uh, – Actually I think this is hotter than Roman and Finn even for extreme rules.
1: Yeah, because they already fought. I think yeah. I, I think that I think Bianca and Becky is something to look forward to because I wanna see a real match from them. Mm-hmm. And they've been running they've been running them in the in the house shows and I'm hearing that they have really good chemistry and they're putting on really good matches. So I cannot wait to really see them have a real match. So I can forget about that SummerSlam Fiasco.
0: <laughs> well there you go. So that was tonight. That was all the wrestling tonight.
2: Make sure you follow me at Glenn Rubenstein.
0: Well, yeah. I think really the message of this podcast is, you know, you can follow all three of us, but you should really be following Tony yes. D'Angelo. WWE. Please. Up Keep now to 76 over, over. followers.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Please,
0: I'm going to get an email from Raj. Was Tony D'Angelo guest on the podcast? Why <laughs> do you have a lower third for Tony D'Angelo? <laughs> and I go, Raj, the people know. People know, you know, <laughs> what the hottest thing in sports entertainment is. <laughs> so I'm out for two weeks, man. Uh, I'll be in a new void when you see me. Yeah, uh, finally, that's great. So yeah, exciting you, for you. Man. It's gonna be good. Uh, oh, so much packing to do. I got to move all this hot sauce. I, I like. <laughs> we should have thought that this before I bought it all. um I don't know, man. Like, uh, you guys have both moved a fair amount in your life, right?
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I moved last year, a couple
0: of years ago. So let me ask you both questions. Uh, Glenn, do you first? Are you the type of person that do you, do you like keep your archive or do, are you more minimal and you just get rid of stuff when you're not using it? Or do you just need to keep everything and preserve it?
2: No, I keep everything and preserve it. I'm not a hoarder per se, but I have a hard time throwing things away. I have a lot of yeah. stuff that I look at. I've got a whole closet full of stuff that it's like, I really should throw this stuff away. But, you know, I, I want it.
0: Yeah. Issa?
1: I, the last time I moved was to this apartment and I left everything behind and just bought new furniture. It was so easy. (laughs) It's not. It was so easy.
0: And I I think about that now as when I started the process, I should have just done a calculation of this says how much it's going to cost to move everything. It would be just Mm -hmm. easier just to get rid of it here, buy new stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's like just, I've got, you know, 30 years of, uh, You know, just like music stuff, like old press clippings, uh, VHS tapes, just like all this stuff that, uh, to your point, like, you know, I don't want to get rid of it. I probably need to digitize it at some point. In the new place, I'm going to have space to digitize it all and finally go through it all. But For now, I just need to get it all in the boxes,
2: man. Yeah, yeah. That's the tough part. It's exciting. I mean, it is a tough part, but, you know, the exciting part of the move.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're all in good hands for the next two weeks. Uh, I'll be back then. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Follow Tony D'Angelo, WWE. And uh, yeah, I'll catch up with you all in a bit. Take care.